Welcome to Life Unsalted, inspiring you with expert advice and innovative ideas. From health and career to finance and leadership, listen in on leaders and influencers in the community doing something awesome. Live your most extraordinary life because life is too sweet to be salty. Yeah, so I think it was easy for me in the beginning because when I had my daughter, um, it just got too expensive for me to go to work because childcare was so much. And so it was a lot of burden on my husband because by the time we would, I would come home and I worked really far. And so he was just like, why don't you just quit? It's better on me. It's better on our family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you can stay home with the baby. And so that's what I did. But me being me, I couldn't just stay home. I still wanted to work and, you know, be creative, be creative and then keep my resume going. Um, so I'll never forget. Like he did say one thing. He said, just what do you like doing and do it well? And so I'm like, well, I love taking pictures. I've always loved photography and I love writing. And so that's what I did. I started a blog and then I started photography, just taking pictures of my daughters and then showing people like that, not even showing them to, to sell just them or anything. Just, and so they would ask me, can you take pictures of our kids or of our family? And then that's kind of how that started. And um, then I started writing for a little website and it was just kind of like a few dollars for every article that you would submit. And this was, be- this was before blogging was a thing. Yeah. And um, nobody knew what the word blogging was. And so I would submit little blogs and then get paid for that. And then, so I always told myself, so it was the trendy socialista when I lived in Arizona but my husband and I are from San Antonio, and so we were planning on coming back because we wanted to be closer to family after we had our daughter. And so um, I always told myself when I go back to San Antonio, I want to be the San Antonio socialista. So that was always in the back of my head because I wanted to highlight places in San Antonio. And I knew that there was a problem in San Antonio in terms of small businesses wanting to be highlighted mm-hmm. and then not knowing what social media was. Because there were still some mom and pops that just didn't know, but they had such great product. And, you know, I wanted to showcase that, but not showcase just their product, but showcase their story. You know, where did they come from and why? And and kind of just, um, you know, highlighting the culture of San Antonio and everything that we were about, because that's my roots and where I came from. And so that's how I got started. And when I came back, I um, worked, I volunteered full time for a nonprofit called Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And then I got a lot of experience. I networked a lot. And then all of a sudden, I started doing networking events every single month. And then I had my own radio show. So that's kind of where I got. It just kind of left off from there. But the networking part is just kind of where people just said, hey, can you do this for me? And I think Jason can speak to this too, because it's they see they want to see the results that you have and they like what you have and they want it for themselves. And the problem with, you know, businesses, they don't have the time to do it or the creativity or, you know, they just don't have the funding to have like a full-time employee. So they'd rather contract somebody out to do that um, and not have the liability of having a full-time employee. So that's kind of where my, my, business was just kind of invented and I didn't know I can make money doing that at all because it was before social media was a thing too. And so then people would just say, okay, I'll just pay you monthly so you can handle this because I just don't know how and I don't have time and I like what you do. And so that's how I got started. And so then 
just by word of mouth. It was mostly all my friends and then people through networking. Um, and that's kind of how it got started. Yeah, I would say like a lot of these um, technical careers are really starting to, I guess you can be self-made nowadays. You really just have to have the initiative, I guess the initial startup cost for some people because um, you have to find a way to fund it. Yeah. And then you kind of have to have a passion for whatever niche it is that you're going into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, but the most thing, most important jump is just doing it. Like taking the risk yes. and just doing it. Because if you don't, if you waste you another know. day and you don't yeah. do it. I mean, I was in the corporate world and I have experience. I mean, my first job, I was a manager for a driving school. And I did that for like six years. It was like a mom and pop, you know, little business. And I gained so much experience there too. And I worked for a, non- a startup company too after college. But, um, and then I worked for Staples Corporate. And so I got a lot of corporate marketing experience there and sales mm-hmm. experience. And so I still have that with me. And I think Jason could speak to this too, because he kind of did that that leap. But it's that moment when you kind of, you know, you did all of that and you get out of college and you want to you make money, you want to get into the corporate world, you want to climb that ladder. And then it's like, where's your purpose? Where's your yeah. passion? I think personally, like, you can't be prepared enough for these experiences that you don't know how they're going to end up, but you know they're going to fill you up with so much meaning, I guess. Um, For example, like, in the same way, I'm pretty passionate about, like, creativity, right? Uh So I'm pretty passionate about writing, and I'm pretty passionate about photography. And I'm the kind of person that thinks things very thoroughly, and I like to plan things. So I always find myself caught up in the, like, okay, what else do I have to do? What else do I have to do? Uh And then I think, obviously, that most important part is taking, like, that jump and just realizing that there's no way you can possibly prepare for every little thing that's going to come your way. There's always going to be a bazillion things that can go wrong, and you kind of have to roll with the punches because eventually, like, you're going to surface on the other side, right? Like, you're going to find some breathing room. You're going to find some consistency yeah I think it's just like you said it's it's really scary like going down that slide for the first time mm-hmm. what was your drive when you made that from corporate to opening up cured printing well t- going from corporate to cured printing is like Whole not world. not yeah it's something I really honestly wouldn't recommend for people that don't have that drive to go because like you said it's something you have to really just put faith in mm-hmm. and it's not was it a completely different experience? It's, I mean, you're used to going to work and you have to be there at a certain time. You have mm-hmm. to listen to the rules. You have to follow the program. Yep. You um, get promoted based on your efforts. I mean, you really are in charge of yourself at work, but you still have like it's certain things you have to do. bureaucratic. Very structured. There's a plan for you. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how, so like I grew up obviously with parents that are in that generation where it's like you go to school, you go to college and then yeah. you get a job. And I was actually just reading not too long ago that like there was a student that's straight A student in high school and like promising colleges and all this tuition paid and all this stuff and told her parents like I'm going to vocational school to be a mechanic. It's a girl. And the parents were like, no, like you have so it's much like ahead of you. You have so yeah. much that you can, there's so many schools that will take you that you can just get a better education. She's like, yeah, but why would I go through education, get in debt and then not be guaranteed a job? And like so many people are now having that, that, transition in their mind where they see things happening outside because I think social media and like, I mean, the picture could have been painted differently if, you know, it was in control. The social media was in control by 
you know, big corporation, but now everybody has a phone. Everybody has, everybody's their own advocate. So like I can go on there and say what's really happening. You know, the next person that actually is making money blogging Mm -hmm. or, you know, taking pictures, they can actually say, look, I I am literally paying my apartment and my car and everything by taking good pictures. So now that we have that openness, the freedom, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like you see it as a possibility. And so you're tempted to think, Oh, that seems pretty easy. Like I can do that. I'm going to quit my job and do that. But then when you actually do it, it's not as easy as it may seem. Um, there's a lot behind the scenes from what's going on. Mm-hmm. So like for me transitioning out, I was on that side of the sword at first where it's like, Oh man, I could do this. I see it happening all the time. People can do this. It's so easy. Um, and then making the actual jump. I mean, at first we had some cushion. I was able to like as I was working in my job, I moved up in my career where I was in charge of a department and it took a lot away from my family life balance. And I think that's kind of where the transition was. I need to do something different. But in the time that that was happening, I was able to put money aside to, Mm. you know, start building the business on the side where I didn't have any customers, but I was building the business. Like I was, you know, investing in the stuff that I need to do it. Um, So because I was able to do that, you know, it wasn't, I guess, as hard of a fall when I came out because I already had some of the things I needed. But you definitely do get into like months where it's like not what you expected. You're yeah. like, well, okay, I thought I was going to be here, but I'm not here. You know, mortgage is Back due, my car is due. Right. Like, oh, you have no, there's no cushion. There's like, oh, well, I get paid on Friday. Like, that doesn't happen. There's no <laughs> yeah. such thing. And that's probably mm-hmm. the attraction. You know, that is the attraction. Mm-hmm. You it's think you can just make money like now. Everything's so sure, everything's so secure. It's and not. It's not. Sometimes prefer security right. over living a life full of. A real life, really. Right. And that's like, fine. Like, yeah, everybody has their own thing. Like, I would, like I said, like I was telling you a little while ago, I wouldn't encourage somebody to do what I'm doing or to go into entrepreneurship unless they 100% have the drive to know everything's going to fall apart and it's going to happen every day. Like, yeah. there, there's no, yeah, there's no, you're not going to have any sense of security. There's no blanket. There's no, like, let me call my HR. Let me call my boss. Right. You are your HR. Let me write, you know, <laughs> let me complain about how I was treated today. There's none of that stuff. Like, you just have to keep mm-hmm. going and keep pushing and keep, it's, it's, it gets tough. Yeah. And you just get thicker skin, you know, as you go along. So. And I think the hustle is real either way, corporate or entrepreneurship. I mean, for you, probably the saltiness was more, I guess, your job and the stress of it taking away from your family. So the, so back story as I was in charge of, I worked for T-Mobile initially for like eight years. I managed a store. Then I transitioned into the indirect side of T-Mobile. So I actually was working for an indirect dealer, but I managed the entire corporate side, which was 12 stores um, that were outside of Texas. So that was like none here. So I was constantly flying out to meet these stores and get them built from ground up interviewing new partners, How getting them staffed. How many hours were you working like a week? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. Cause I mean, flying and, and leaving, I was hardly ever home. So I would come home for like, I don't know, a few days and then I'd be on the road again. Oh. Um, but I mean, it was a learning experience to, to get, you know, your hands in, involved in all that stuff. But um, yeah, so going into that kind of going from that to this, um, I guess going from corporate, the the real saltiness, I guess, was I don't I didn't have time. Like my time was not my own. And that really bothered me because the reason you were doing everything, everything I'm doing, doing is yeah, like I have yeah, exactly <laughs> so what's this so I'm doing all this to support that you couldn't even see. Right, exactly. So I didn't have the luxury of spending the money I was making. 
And so there's a point where I got to like, this isn't enough. Like where my whole life was, let me get to this number in income and I'll be great. So you, and then you get there and it's like, but I'm still missing something. And it's, and that's what it is. Like it's not, it's not money driven. If your, your happiness is not money driven and you don't really even get to understand that until you get to the point where you've like hit the number or the goal or like, say you said, I need to make $60,000 and I'll be good. I'll have Mm -hmm. have BMW or whatever you think I'll have, you know, whatever you need at 60 or 70 or 80, whatever your number is. When you get there and you have those things, it still feels like you're missing something. Yeah. And there's some people who continue that ladder. You you know what? Now I want this. And you can keep going. You can keep going. And the thing though, for me was, you know, I kept going but the closer you get or the, the higher you get, the more liable you are. So you just mm-hmm. become more of you're either very replaceable oh, at that cost okay. or when the company's not doing well, you're like one of the first ones that they will get rid of because your income is a little too high. They can save some money getting rid of you. Wow. So those are things that That's people don't think about. I didn't consider. Yeah, <laughs> you don't think yeah. about those things. Another thing that got me thinking was like maybe you know, you're committing to more commodities that are probably more expensive yeah, now. You are. So then your commitments, like your bills are a bit larger. So your lifestyle is actually matching your income. Exactly. And in a way you're in the same kind of prison you were exactly. in before. Exactly. Right? You are. Everything goes up with you. So unless you're happy with what you have as you're growing, you don't go and buy new stuff. You don't go and buy the new car you always wanted. You could probably be better off that way. But that's not what we want out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole reason you apply for the next job yeah. or the pay raise. Like, There's a way to do it. Like if you want to be like an ant that's gathering, you know, food right. for the winter and you keep piling yes. and keep piling and keep piling. Yes. You know, if you're good about it, then you can probably come with like a pretty good amount you that you can support yourself for a good while. Yeah. But I also agree that it's probably very easy to get caught up in like that mindless like hustle where you just keep doing, making money just to make money. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from, from that point, you can probably lose like the, the big aha significant moments in your life, right. That fuel you in the first place. Exactly. So that being said, I do have a question for you. Do you think it's possible for someone to commit themselves full time to a position and to be that hundred percent family man or woman? Of course it is. Okay. And that's, that's ultimately the trade-off. So you just have to be okay with what you're making. So like you could very well be making $30,000 a year and be happier than somebody making a million because you get to spend time with your kids. You get to go to all the softball practices. You get to be the, the coach of your dad's little league team or whatever, but you just have to be okay with it. So the whole saltiness thing just depends on you. Like, yeah. what are you salty about? If, if that's, if that's cool with you, like there's, there's no like lab, there's no like measurement. Yeah. To say like, because you didn't make a hundred thousand, you didn't make it. That that doesn't exist and exists in some people's right. minds, but to the person that's making thirty thousand, that gets to spend time with their kids mm-hmm. and gets to do whatever they want because their house is like moderate. They have a car that works, but they get to spend all these all this time and Easter and Christmas is like with the family. They don't have to call into work. They don't have to like work on a Saturday. That person is a lot better off in and for them for themselves the saltiness comes when you're that person and you want to drive a Lambo. So when you're that person and you want to drive a Lambo, then you're salty and you got to change mm-hmm. what your direction is going to be to get what you think is going to fulfill you. So to your question, 
um, you for sure can be both if you're over here, if you're as, long, as long as that's what your, your true intention is, is your, your goal is to be that, then that's what, you, that's what you be. And I think it comes down to just the control of being a consumer or a creator, you know, and I think that's kind of the mindset that my husband and I took too, is like, who are we going to be? I mean, we used to live in the suburbs and we used to have a big old house that had rooms that just had dust and for what, you know, and it's just like more money, more bills. And, you know, and I think it's how we, how people perceive society and how much you're going to give into it in terms of being a consumer, or are you going to be the creator that can, you know, use your creative passion to have a purpose in life and then, you know, for and for it to fuel other people too, because you can inspire other people at the same time and inspire your family and, and be the family man or, you know, the career person that you want to be. But it's it's all about control. Yeah. And I think sometimes people think like, oh, well, I'm not good at this or like, I'm, I can't do that, you know? everybody's a creator and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you create right just the fact that you're doing it i think i think that really makes you feel more alive than if you're just taking you're actually giving back yeah right, right. and i think it's for both it's worlds it's not for just entrepreneurship but for people in the corporate world too you create what you are in your job you know you come with the attitude that you're going to have at work and you create the environment that you want and the culture around you it's just how are you going to take each day, you know, and it is a hustle. Like it's a hustle in entrepreneurship. Cause I know, you know, you need to tell us about cured printing and what it is, but it's a hustle, you know, trying to get new clients, trying to, to, to find, you know, the next hustle and then trying to find, you know, the hustle in your corporate. Are you meeting your quota? Are you meeting your sales? That kind of thing. So it's, it's a never ending hustle, but are you going to, how are you going to take that hustle? Mm-hmm. You know? And with that, um, I'd actually like to ask these two entrepreneurs in the room, if you, you know, knowing how difficult it was and everything, would you do it again? Heck yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd start a little from scratch and, and do it again. Yeah. That's great. To it's hear. totally worth it because yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, yes, it's more difficult. Yes. There's more pains and there's more heartache and there's more sadness. <laughs> but you know I have a little girl and I get to take her to school every morning I get to pick her up from school I get to go to all of her functions I get to make carve out time for the things that matter and that's what I needed before so even though you know there's going to be those hard times having the time to fill in what I really wanted to do and you know with my other job is worth it even though it's your job, you still take your family to your job because I know you do some events where, you know, your kids get to see your product and then get to see the clients interacting with Cure Printing. So what is Cure Printing? <laughs> yeah. Tell Cure us Printing is a San Antonio-based screen printing company. Um, started out just screen printing apparel for myself. Um, that's how it started. So back in 2012, I... I typically only wear t-shirts as it is. Did you make that cool t-shirt you're wearing? I did. It's nice. And this is our company's shirt, our, our uniform. Yeah. <laughs> but I initially just wanted to make shirts for myself, graphic, graphic tees. Um, didn't have any graphic design background or anything, but, you know, growing up, I guess early on, my parents always just let me try everything. And I think that's key also for people that are, um, wherever you are in the workplace or in your job, 
if you don't have somebody that's allowing you to be creative, it's going to be very hard for you to go ahead and go after it without friction. And so when I was younger, I literally thought I could do anything and I still do. But as a little kid, my parents were just like, well, let's just fuel his fire, like whatever he wants. So like, if I wanted to learn piano, I took piano lessons for three years. If I wanted to learn how to draw, like they would buy me, you know, expensive. It couldn't be just a regular notepad. It had to be like the expensive notepad with the expensive <laughs> calligraphy pen. Like they believed in me, right? So I think, you know, early on, that's kind of where I think mentally I was able to just, and I've always been that way. If I feel like I can do it. I just, I can do it. So when I wanted to make a t-shirt, I didn't know how to do it, but I said, I could probably figure it out. And this was pre like Google everything. So we, uh, a friend, a friend of mine and I, uh, went in and bought like a little, you, it's called a, you do, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but it's a little machine called you do. And you can literally burn a, a screen on it and put ink in it and screen the shirt, just like you do like now, <laughs> but it was like just a do. hobby. I mean, the way you do it now, like the way it's really professionally hobby, done. Right. I mean, my, my yes, too, just and it's just like, it was like one of those little like kids you buy, mm-hmm. like for birthday gift. It was not nothing professional, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I wanted to do it. So we bought it and, uh, you know, we just messed around the computer trying to find a design. We watched, I think we watched a tutorial video that my friend had from school or something. I don't know where it came from, but we saw how to do it, made the shirt and, I mean, it wasn't great, but we did it. (laughs) So that's how it started. And then we decided, you know, this is way too hard to do, like, on our own. So we just started making the designs and sending them off to get printed. Um, And then we printed a bunch of shirts. We sold them, uh, made a little bit of money. Um, This is all also while working. So it wasn't, like, a full-time thing. It was just kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we just stopped doing it. My career took over. I just kept on moving up with my job and... My friend did his own thing and we just separated from it. Well, then after being in my uh, career with T-Mobile, I left that career to go and do a sales job to, for a startup company. It was a roofing company and I was managing their sales team since they needed somebody that was good at sales. So I was training their sales reps on how to sell basically a roof to a customer and like what tactics to use and what kind of verbiage to use and how to like get them to commit and all that good stuff. Well, in the middle of that, I had more free time, which I didn't never have before. So during that free time, I started in my mind thinking, I, I think I want to bring this back to life, like on my own, bring up this screen printing because it was fun and I wanted to do it and just to do it. And so I started by buying, you know, a little press and um, just got going. And one of my friends at the time was that worked with me. was like, hey, um, do you think you could, because I told him like what I was doing and it's just fun you think you could print some shirts for my, my uh, softball team? Um, I n- had never printed for anybody but myself and I knew they didn't come out great, but I still said yes. Um, that's another thing too. So as an entrepreneur, you say yes to pretty much everything mm-hmm. and you learn Even as though you're you go. That you're you, like... you have to say yes, you have to. And it's scary because you're committing to somebody else. And if it comes out horrible, like, you're going to be the one. To, and that's the other thing. CEOs are at fault for everything. So even if you have employees, like it's still your fault. Like everything's your fault. So you have to be okay with that. And I was, so I said, yeah, I'll do them. Never done them. If I've never done it for somebody else, much less on the type of fabric they wanted, the color they want. Like I didn't know anything about it. 
So I went ahead and did it, figured out the price, and I actually just called around to find out what they charge for this kind of thing. I didn't have a price list. I didn't have, I, it wasn't the goal to make a, a business. Printed the shirts, gave them to them. They loved them. They were like, these are, you know, these came out really good and we want to use you again for this. And I'm like, okay, fine. So then that went on. And then, you know, I decided, you know what, I can turn this into like a real business. Like if I had your wheels turning, I it started thinking like I can literally do the thing I like to do for fun every day and like make a living off of it. And I think that was like the, the real transition because I didn't intend for it to be that. I just was doing it on the side as fun. Um, so that goes along with kind of what you're saying about your passion. Like if you want to do something, you really just have to do it. And, you know, I wasn't chasing the money for it. I was just doing it for fun. And I think that kind of starts, you know, I really believe in like the law of attraction. So whatever you put out into the universe, it comes back to you and it really does intentful. Like if you really put it out there, it really comes back in a way that you can't even believe. You're like, how did, I know I said this, but I didn't mean for it to be this good. And it's so crazy, yeah, it's but like it's, it's so weird. And it's, and it's so, I mean, that's, I think how, um, a lot of it just started going. And so like, we got, you know, small account here, did some shirts here, Louise, I ran to Louisa and she was working with the church at the time and, and the church needed some shirts. And so she put me in contact with somebody from the church. And now they're like one of our like most frequent clients, um, that we do work for and we do all their shirts. Um, uh, but now we have, you know, sports teams, churches, um, we do a lot of retail type quality printing. So we don't really compete with, um, you know, like just the, I just want like, you know, hundred shirts, lowest, pro- lowest possible price. Um, we really try to make, we go up a notch with quality and the printing. And so that's kind of our niche, I guess that's where I'm trying to fit us into that niche where we, you know, it's a quality print retail version instead of, you know, basic. Um, so yeah, that's what we do as a business now. And so we, um, you know, we try to, we try to show a customer what a quality print means and it looks like, and, and, you know, we put our passion into it. It's not just a job. It's like, we work with you the whole way through until you're happy with the product. So, and that's, that's pretty much what cured printing is. In a nutshell. I really like how you said it. And I think this, this is um, a huge thing for people that want to, you know, fulfill their passion or just follow their dream. Like you said, a key point was when you went into that other job, you had more free time that you hadn't had. Right. And then that's when you went and kind of were doing your hobby and that kind of thing. Um, and then you heard, you just said something told me. And I think that's people's problem is, is like you get way too busy and then you do find a job and you're climbing that ladder your intuition doesn't allow, you can't hear it. You know, it's your, your work too, your mind is too busy. You're so closed up that you don't allow, <laughs> right? I mean, you don't allow, and you're so busy that you can't hear, you know, what your calling is. And I think that's the problem with people is that we get too busy and we don't have those moments for ourselves to be like, what is my passion? What is my purpose? And you can never hear it because you're just, everything is, it's too convoluted in your head and you just have so much going on that you can never just focus and just to, to be able to hear your intuition and to follow it through too. You know, it's just, Oh yeah, this is, you know, let me do that. I feel like it's kind of always there. 
and mm-hmm. you, you hear it. it. You hear it every now and then. You hear it, and then you get too busy. You well, just you ignore allow, it. You, you ignore it, it and you allow other things to to take. Yeah, you can like purpose. Mm-hmm. You can almost like purposely like sabotage yourself, right? Yeah. And think no, like I need to stick with right. my job. That's yeah, because it's this safe way. It's a safe yeah. way, and it's the means of money. Right. I need to do this. I need to, do, and you just put it in the back of your head, and it's never really at the yeah. t- you know. Um, and that was kind of for my moment too, is like, you have those moments where it's like, oh, but you, you, you truly help somebody and you see, you know, you put that out in the universe and you have the faith that you have, but you're truly doing something to help somebody and it just happens. And it's like, wow, I help somebody with my talent or what I'm called to do. And then that's the connection right there that a lot of people miss or don't have the, they just miss the opportunity and they never get to do it because they're too, you know. Yeah, you're too busy. And I think another component of it is like, you might not believe in yourself. Like you might not believe that you can do it. Mm -hmm. Like you may doubt yourself too much to where you're not like willing to continue like that, you know, that journey. Um, One quote that stands out to me is Henry Ford's, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're always right. Mm. Right. So I'm sure there were countless times when you doubted yourself, but you have to move past that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and personally, I think that's one of the biggest things for me because I'm also like, I like to do these things. Like I like to right. go seek out, you know, little photography gigs or like do blogs and stuff. And lots of times it's like, oh, you know, like um, I, you, you just kind of make it a lot harder than it is. You just have to take it step by step right. and day by day. Yeah. And I think eventually, like if you do dedicate yourself and you have the discipline to actually go through with something, you will see progress. Mm-hmm. Like you will eventually, and that goes for everything you do, right? Because you see people who start off like, you know, swimming or mm-hmm. like doing a sport or whatever it is. Everybody starts off at level, like, you know, you're either average or you're pretty bad at what you do, right? And then eventually you get to a level where you're very experienced at it. Everybody right? starts there. Yeah. And if you don't believe in yourself, find people who do believe in yourself. <laughs> it's like your circle of influence has so much. I mean, you said your parents. Some people don't have that. Well, find that support system, whether exactly. it be that. I mean, my parents were entrepreneurs and they did it just so they can raise me. And that was in the back of my head. I mean, my grandparents, too, were entrepreneurs and they just, you know, they knew the hustle and they did it and they took those risks because they knew the better that life was just more, the quality of life was better um, making that choice that they did. But if you don't have that, find people that are, listen to podcasts and yeah. find the inspiration that you need because cheerleaders and your biggest fans will get you so much further in life. Yeah. So everyone has strengths, right? So you may not be good at one thing. Somebody else might be good at that thing, right? So you can always find the resources you need in other people or even, you know, like you said, podcast technology. There's always a way to find a way to strengthen yourself in an area where you might be weaker in yes. that, you know, so that you can be fully competent to do what you have to do. Yeah. Right. 100%. percent mm-hmm. Okay, well, with that, thank you so much, Jason, for coming in today. No problem. Uh, Cured Printing, if anybody yes. wants to know, would you like to provide some maybe contact info? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram. We are at Cured Printing, or look us up on the internet at same web address, www.curedprinting.com. And, yeah, that's it. Thank you. This is Genesis, and Lisa here co-hosting Life and Salted, so life is too sweet. To be salty. Thank you.